Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. We're back for another episode. Every other week now, you're going to find us. So hopefully you subscribe and it just comes up in your feed. But here we are. And today I've got with me, uh, Christy Busher. Hi, Christy. Hi, Darren. So glad to be here. Yeah, you haven't been on in a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, like back, I don't know which season it was. What last season or the season before? I think it was last season. You yeah, were, you've you were had on. the opportunity to grab a few other girls from the New Hope Kids staff, which has been really cool. Yeah, so I've been happy to hear them on when I listen to them. I'm like, yes. Yeah, we had Rachel on not too it. long ago, and Laura, and Laura both. Yep. And Rachel's the the newest member, if you will, because she's working with Shelbyville. That's right. So I was so. glad to give them a turn, but I'm glad to be back today. How's uh, that? Well, we're glad to have you. <laughs> cool. Christy's the head honcho when it comes to oh, the top banana. Oh, there you if go. If you will, when it comes to <laughs> children's ministry here at New Hope Church, you are the children's director. That's right. Of everything. <laughs> I don't know. Sound, what, I'm not sure. You make exactly it sound so I'm. official and important. It's a it great is. team effort. We'll put it that way. But if you want to give me the title of top banana, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> top banana, or, you know, some of us call you Dr. Christy Busher. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yes. But uh, no, you've got, a, you've got a great little staff working with you. Yes, for sure. And how many how many uh, ladies are working with you now? That's a very good question. There are seven, including myself. Which I want you to know, um, this is really, you know, discriminatory. <laughs> There's no men. And we would take a guy. No we men really, on the children's ministry team. You know, we have had guys in the past. We've had Seth Schuler many years ago before I came That's on right. staff. That's right. Yeah, I remember Seth. And then we had there. Zach. Remember when Zach yeah. was on staff with yeah. us? Um, so we've had some guys. In all honesty, everybody besides myself works part-time. And so that doesn't always work. I got that, you. I that got tends you. to work better for females. It just it just has traditionally seemed to work out that way for them in terms of what they're looking for. I tell for. you what's happened, though. Let's just be frank. Okay, shall we? Uh-oh. What's happened is that every time we have a staff <laughs> meeting, there's a lot more women in the room yeah. than, there, than there are guys now because Woo-hoo! the children's ministry staff <laughs> has taken over. Go girls. Yeah, I tell you what. Next thing you know, our next staff meeting, we're going to be like, you know, know, having a spa day, <laughs> yeah, doing tr- uh, nails and yes, stuff I like that. Yes, I think that sounds like Manny Petties. Right. Everybody. You've got it. Yeah, no no more uh, no more ultimate Frisbee or right. anything like that. Golf like, outings, nothing like that. No, nothing. That's, all, that's out, right. all out the door That's now. exactly yeah, right. Yeah, we're on our way. No, that's fantastic. So, hey, I was curious, like, what has your life been like trying to get Shelbyville up and going? Cause, Woo! Because that's kind of new for everybody here. So we've been talking about that yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah. With the, and we just started May first, yep. as far as like officially having services on a Sunday over there, right? Uh, and so things are things are rocking and rolling. But you've had a, a lot, yep, in the past couple months getting ready for that. So I don't know. Just give us a little sure. Well, it's been awesome. Number one, it's been awesome. Um, The second thing for many of us at New Hope, this wasn't our first rodeo. We we launched Newton in two thousand. It's been 16, a while now. Maybe yeah. 2016. Anyway. Newton's been around a while. I mean, they're uh, kind of better. The, that's exactly yeah. right. But since we've gone through that process, I think it helped a ton, of course, because we had done this once before. We kind of knew the process in terms of, you know, this is the order we're going to do things in. But the amount of details, yes, to launch a campus is absolutely insane. 
<laughs> just being honest. Yeah. Which, fits, to, which fits right in here. At New <laughs> that's Hope. right. We're all insane. Insanity. Right. The really cool thing for us was that we actually brought Rachel Reed on a year ago. So she had quite a long, you know, uh, launching pad, I guess you will. Long time of training. We brought her on. Well, I guess I'm going back a little bit more. We've had that Shelbyville staff for kids open for a couple. We've had someone filling that for a couple of years because remember we launched first Sundays yes. back in March of 2020, first yeah. Sunday in March of 2020. It was just a once a and month worship service and, dun, we dun, had dun. Some, and we had some kids. And Thanks. then we closed down. Yes. So we had someone in that role from the very beginning because we thought we were going to be meeting monthly. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So then after COVID and everything, Rachel joined the team. And so it's just been a blessing to have her because much like many of the ministries, it was already taking place in Shelbyville. So she has been right. doing fourth and fifth grade small groups. She's been orchestrating getting the fourth and fifth graders to our 180 events. Um, she's just done a ton of outreach before there was a building there, which is right in line so with it's our not, philosophy. it's not new. That's right. But the, what is new is just to having the Sunday the mornings, I guess, in the yes. space. Yeah. So anyway, so I guess that's a little bit of a backstory. But getting, I was saying that to say we're so thankful for Rachel and the fact that she was already on staff because that did yeah. make my job much easier. I was able to, you know, just offer encouragement and help. And I mean, of course I did lots of things, but she was doing lots and lots of things too, which was really helpful. And in addition to that, I will say the kids staff fully came, like everybody came alongside her. So whether they were prepping curriculum for her first month or organizing her classrooms or just all sorts of things, it was, we tried to do things with a team effort and it was truly a team effort. So it's been crazy awesome. and fun and challenging and awesome. And been super impressed and blessed with the Shelbyville volunteers so far. They are owning their ministry. So that's been huge to actually be able to launch out with a full volunteer team and kids ministry. That's yeah. not to say we can't use more volunteers because yeah. we can, but the fact that she was able to open all of her rooms and have ample help is just truly, I mean, that's unusual for a church startup, don't you think? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, yeah. I would look at them yeah. and just be like, you guys don't realize like how amazing this is, but they're owning, they're owning it. They're owning the ministry over there. Well, I think that's the power of multi-site, being a multi-site church and, mm -hmm. and you know, trying to explain to people exactly what that is. It's different than a church plant mm -hmm. in the sense that a church plant's kind of like a, we may send some people out to go plant a church somewhere, but they're kind of on their own. Right. Whereas multi-site, uh, no one's ever on their own because they're part of our big staff. Right. And we're still uh, uh, even keeping our messages the same for yes. all the campuses and so yep. forth. So it, we don't, we're not having to uh, reinvent the wheel That's exactly every time right. we have a new campus. And to even just go back to that idea of the um, kids staff all, you know, chipping in and working very part-time hours, especially in kids, we do try to streamline an awful lot to to that point you just made of being the multi-site, you know, we streamline yeah. our curriculum. We streamline a lot of things just to be used, uh, mindful of our resources and to use our resources wisely. And everybody's on the same page yep. and they're not left on their own yep. on an island. Yeah. Somewhere. And everybody yeah. can put their own spin on it, but, um, yeah, just work together to pull events off and to get curriculum going and all that good stuff. So anyway, well, Shelbyville was a great experience. That's awesome. And we're off and running. So that's right. That's fantastic. Pretty cool. Hey, um, one thing I want to talk to you about why, you know, we connected a little bit earlier and I said, Hey, <laughs> would you spontaneously kind of be on the podcast with me? Because I, I appreciate your flexibility just because of scheduling. Yep. But I think the one th the reason I want to have you here was last Sunday, 
Uh, Tyler had mentioned in his sermon somewhere along the lines about how you hate the word child care. <laughs> and that got me thinking as to, and I know exactly what he meant, and he referred to the fact that we're teaching, we're teaching kids, you know, about the Bible. We're not right. just like babysitting and so forth. And that always, as a youth pastor, that always drove me nuts too, right. you know, like saying, we're just watching your kids or right. whatever. <laughs> really, you know, you know, if that's the case, then, uh, uh, then I, I, I don't know. I don't, I would have quit a long time ago if that was really the case. That wasn't, yeah, it's never our purpose. Right. But I guess what uh, I wanted to kind of lead into is have a little discussion here. I would love for people to hear from you as to why you hate that term. Because <laughs> uh, it goes deeper than just the fact that we're doing some teaching. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when he said that, I was totally cracking up because we have been in many a staff meeting where they would say that and I would say children's ministry or New Hope Kids or, you know, whatever, like remind them real quick um, that, you know, we have to have something that sets us apart from, you know, going to a child care center or something like that. And what sets us apart is we're here to share the good news of Jesus. We are training these children up. We are truly striving to come along parents and teach the kids at church the same things that they're learning at home. We don't get them for long. We get them for one mm. hour a week. And right. so we pack it in. And I mean, we pack it in and it's been really fascinating and a blessing through the years to watch the kids staff have conversations about that one hour. Because I'm not saying throughout the year we don't, you know, just take a day and have an, um, like we're getting ready to plan some promotion parties as the kids promote at the end of the summer to their new classes, sure. things like that. We want to take time to pull out the cupcakes or to, you know, just there's something to be said for just good old Christian fellowship. You bet. Just having some fun. That's right. But the coordinators are super mindful of that one hour they get and boy, they want to make it count. And so they're not interested in, you know, wasting that time. They want to be sure that the kids are, receiving biblical instruction that they're connecting with their volunteers and that you know they're just really making the most of that short window of time that we have with them so anyway we do a lot more than just babysit and we even do it like for our little bitty ones so you know in the baby room um even with our in with our curriculum that we use they even have little prayers that you can say and little sayings that you can repeat over the babies as you're playing with them or as you're taking care of them that day. And then even in our next class up, the toddler room, they have a very basic curriculum. I mean, we start them with um, a little Bible story that they watch, and then they have applicable activities that go along with it to kind of reinforce Mm -hmm. what they Mm -hmm. learned. So right there at the beginning, we're trying to So we're not really, we're not really looking for uh, childcare volunteers. Right. No, we're looking for volunteers who want to have some meaning behind what they do. That's right. That's right. And yeah, for sure. We're looking for, you know, there's so many, um, I don't know, myths that go along with volunteering, like, oh, I have to be a biblical scholar, or I have to have this, you know, education background to work with the kids. And that's not the case. We always say, if you love Jesus and you love kids, we can help train you on all the rest. Because it's really just, you know, we want it in there building the relationships. We want them in there investing that time. Not just, like, if somebody's volunteering to just to be a warm body in the room for supervision, we don't want them. Yeah. We don't want them. Yeah. <laughs> to make the most out of that one hour a week. That's right. You know, yeah, we want them to for be... For the sake of Jesus. That's right. We want them to be invested. We want them to want, you know, build that relationship. We always say we want to build relationships with kids with all the relationships pointing towards Jesus because that's what we're here to do is to, you know, to do that. <laughs> and so building that relationship 
is so important so we can introduce them to, or hopefully they've been introduced to the idea of Jesus in their home, but reinforce that, you know, along the way. I think there are, I think there are some uh, studies out there and stats that will totally back me up on this. They've been true for years, all right? Number one is most uh, people who become new Christians are young. Mm-hmm, for you sure. Know, I mean, when they, they're probably between the ages of 8 and 14 or something like that, when they actually start making decisions for to follow Christ. Right. As And that's... And then that age category is probably larger than any other age category. Yeah. And secondly, uh, parents are still the number one influence of their mm-hmm. kids. I know a lot of people want to say that's not true, but I, I don't, yeah, I don't agree with true. that. I think it's totally true. Yep. And when we, you say like we've got an hour, you have mm-hmm. a shot for an hour a week. Right. Uh, there's no way in the world to actually disciple, if you will, that's bring right. bring kids to know Christ and to follow Christ in a deeper relationship with Him in an hour a week. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Well, that's a very good question, Darren. Are you ready to talk about our idea of family discipleship? Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to set you up, Christy. <laughs> I'm taking. I'm taking the cues. I'm picking up what I'm you're throwing putting you out. The, I'm throwing you the rope. <laughs> Grab on. Yeah. So, Darren yeah. asked if I would be interested in talking a little bit about family discipleship. This yeah. idea of family. I'm discipleship. a discipleship pastor, so I want to talk about it. <laughs> Thank you. Know. you. That's yeah. good stuff. Um, it's kind of interesting, even. In the few moments I had before being asked to spontaneously come on the show, yes. you you said it, so I feel free to just it's, say that. It's again. true. I just I just tell people the honest truth of what's <laughs> going on. Right. But any we, conversation, it, here's the thing: it may be spontaneous in the sense we sat down to talk, but it's not spontaneous in the sense of all the thought and planning yeah. and effort that's been going into this. Yeah, so. for sure. And the cool thing was. Um, that it's been, it's something that is so ingrained in what we are talking about in kids ministry that it's like, yes, sir, I can sit down and talk about that for several minutes because it's what we're about. So as I was taking that, those few minutes to just kind of gather my thoughts, um, I was thinking, you know, family discipleship, we've been all about it in kids ministry now for a handful of years, but we really didn't have, I didn't have the language to put with it. And I'll explain that. Okay. So for some people who've been around New Hope for a long time, they remember when we would have the kindergarten through third grade Easter party out at 180. It was a big deal every year. Yeah. Just had a ton of fun at it. And we actually, you know, every year, of course, we assess how all of the events went in the year. On, you know, we take to heart what we feel like God's showing us through study, just through um, discerning from him and it's obviously it's the Holy Spirit, but it's cool how typically the kid staff is all on the same page. It's like, oh yeah, I'm seeing that. Me too. This is what I've been feeling that God's calling us to, et cetera. So every year we review those activities and events and plan for the coming year. And we had many great activities and the Easter party, I'm just using that as, as an example, Sure, was a really, really fun thing we love to do. But what we felt like God was leading us to several years ago was having more family events. So not like come and drop your kid off and let us, right? you know, entertain or teach them. But let's bring the whole family for some family fellowship or some family teaching, et cetera. And so really for a few years, we have, we've developed that, you know, our activities through that filter, or that mindset. So, you know, when we have even just like a fellowship, just a for fun thing, like yeah, a family, family fun night. Family fun yeah, nights, we yeah. have those out at 180. Um, that's not a drop your kid off, even though I know those are sometimes nice as parents too, <laughs> to drop your kids off. But we have like everybody come out. So parents talk to other parents, make connections, you know, form relationships, get to know each other, let the kids play, all that, all that good stuff. And then along, we call them our milestone events, but along with those fun things, our milestone events are like um, baby dedication, 
Bible presentation, um, a salvation and baptism class we have called Starting Point. Those are, or excuse me, that's not Starting Point, Steps of Faith. It's yeah, called Steps gotcha. of Faith. That's um, Darren's like, hold on, Christy, there are lots, start, there starting are lots points of names is something here. I help with. <laughs> um, steps of Faith. Anyway, those are not just for the kid, but for the kid and the parent. Right. So for years, we've kind of changed our calendar to reflect those values we were sensing we needed to instill into the ministry. And a couple years ago, Emily Golden introduced me to this book called Family Discipleship. It's by Matt Chandler and Adam Griffin. And she really had been enjoying this book, said that it went right along with everything that we were thinking and feeling. And so I read it last year. In fact, it was pretty cool. Um, the youth director, Aaron Golden, and I read this, we both read this last year, and then we discussed it throughout the whole year of last year. We discussed on and off, like at monthly meetings, this concept of family discipleship, um, just to think through what we're doing, what we could be doing, what we feel God's calling us to. So mm-hmm. all that to say is we kind of introduced the topic, uh, you know, something that we have felt like God's laid on our heart for a while. And then in just in the past year or two, have we actually had the language to go with it? And the kids staff is actually getting ready. The entire staff will read this book together this summer and discuss it. So just something that I feel pretty strongly about the ideas that are in this book. Um, so much so that at our last baby dedication, we actually had this book available to parents if they wanted to grab it. So that's kind of like just a brief introduction sure. to how and why and what it you know what we're thinking. So when you speak of uh, giving you language to yeah. put to what you already believe, can you give me an example? Um, yeah. So well, I'm going to be real honest. Even the idea of just talking, okay, like family discipleship. I'm just going to be real honest. Sometimes I think that we hear some of those. Sometimes we call them Christianese words, right? Where yeah, like we yeah. talk about them in Christian circles or sure. at church, and it's like, what does that mean? So even saying family discipleship, and I know to a discipleship pastor, maybe like, how can you guys not know? But I think sometimes people look at each other and like, okay, what do we truly mean by that, though? No, I've, I've constantly defined okay. that, I think, for yeah. people. Because I'm not sure I know. If, there you go. <laughs> what do I really do? <laughs> and so um, just like at the very introduction of this book, here's one sentence from it. A disciple maker is a follower of Christ, helping others follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And they expand upon that concept in this book. Um, but that's what we're referring to is how can parents or guardians, how can the adults in charge of the children in the house, because families look very different sometimes these days, um, how can they help their children to grow up to love and serve and follow and be a friend of Jesus. Right. How can they do that? So that's kind of roughly speaking. And we have to come alongside our parents because they're the biggest influence. For sure. I mean, it, it's kind of like watch out parents because when we talk about children's ministry, we're not just targeting your kids. It's so true. <laughs> you know, we're also targeting you. Yeah, it's in so a, true. In a good way. I'm, you know, it sounds like a bad term, target. Right. But it's, in a good way, we're really trying to, like what you're trying to say is, if our kids are going to be the next generation that we're talking about all the time that we're going after, right? If they're going to have an influ- grow up as a disciple, follower of Christ, and mm-hmm. someone's got to lead them, and it's not going to be just just us on an hour a week, right? Yeah. yeah, and to that point of it that we're talking to them, like another sentence from this book talks about it says uh, one of the grandest of our responsibilities is the call to be disciple makers in our own homes. Like if we are Christian, if we're Christ followers. It's actually our duty to raise up our children, to have family mm-hmm. discipleship, to have a family model where 
we're training our children up to know and love the Lord. And you talked about how we get that one hour a week. There's actually a um, kind of a standard rule of thumb that orange shares. And orange is the name of the curriculum we use in kids ministry. And so we mm-hmm. refer to that a lot. But they claim, you know, a, a statistic that they have found is that the church has approximately 40 hours a year with kids. So when you factor in Sundays that the kids aren't there, you know, and all the other things that come up in life, on average, the church has 40 hours with a kid for the typical church-going family. And the family has, after you take out hours at school and all those types of things, the family has 3,000. Wow. So when you look at the course of a year, 40 hours versus 3,000, look, we're here to support and encourage. But if the parents aren't interested in continuing that at home, that's going to be a challenge. And of course, we know that that happens. I mean, we have youth who join our church and by the grace of God, grow in relationship with him without that support at home. But we're talking about kind of an ideal strategy. And an ideal strategy would mm, be to yeah. have the the parents in the home leading the way in terms of pointing their kids towards a relationship with Jesus. No, that's fantastic. I mean, that's the way it's got to be. I, you know, if you think about it, the majority of problems we incur as adults all stem back to childhood. Oh, it's <laughs> they, so true and they, so scary, yeah, isn't know, it? <laughs> they, stem, they stem back to us not being able to process traumatic events and mm-hmm. things like that, which almost always happen in the family. Yeah. Because that's where the majority of time you're, you're spending. Right. And so there's a, uh, it's scary as a mom and dad sometimes because you're creating memories right. of all sorts. That's exactly uh, right. For your, for your kids. And what do you really want them? And I, uh, the Old Testament was so clear on this, you know, where it talks about uh, if you're a parent, you walk with your kid. That's right. You, during the day. Yep. You, tell them, you teach them God's word. Mm-hmm. When you go to bed at night. That's right. You, know, you teach them God's word. You put it on the doorpost. <laughs> that's right. I mean, it goes into detail like that. Yeah. And that's a big concept in this book of family discipleship. And also something we see with orange is that idea that it has to be something that you infiltrate into your normal everyday rhythms of life. Mm-hmm. So like you said, when you're walking along the road, you know, as the scripture goes and when you get up and when you lie down, it's, you know, discipling your kids. It's not like you just live your life and then 15 minutes twice a week, you sit down and say, okay, now we're going to talk about Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's, that's not what it is. And this book goes into some pretty cool detail in terms of um, like some plans. If parents want to get real serious and they're real into like making a type of a formal plan, but the ultimate goal is just to say, how can we just live our everyday coming and going lives focused on Jesus and just mm-hmm. recognize that it is that as you're getting up and as you're walking along, you know, it's just how can we continually keep pointing back towards him? And then orange talks about that too, the curriculum, just in terms of being intentional and just, well, even with the orange, they have something called the parent Q app, which if our parents haven't ever downloaded that, I encourage parents to check that out, but you can actually get notifications through that app and you can get notifications at different times of the day. Like the parent Q app will give you some suggestions for conversation in the morning and then at mealtime and then at bedtime, like it literally feeds you questions to ask your kids along awesome. and throughout the day. Yeah, you, you may not good. use that every single time, but that's not the point of it. Right. It's like a resource. Said, it's kind of in the rhythm of life. Right. I think that's great. I think that it's uh, easy for us to, I, th- I, mean, I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but I think it's easy for Christian parents uh, to just forget for a while because you, know, you get in the busyness of life, mm-hmm. how impressionable your kids really are. Right. 
and the things they really pick up on are not things you ever intended. They're right. Not the, they're not the sit down. Let's talk about Jesus times. Right. Yeah. That they're just imitating us. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, you know, like when you hear them repeat something that you say, good or bad, <laughs> right. and you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> they really are paying attention. Exactly. And so being aware of that, isn't that half the battle? For sure. I mean, because I don't know. I, I, I look back, I don't know when, this is hard for me to admit, but um, it's just the truth. I, I remember I had to go to some of my grown kids and apologize one time. Uh, was one one of my kids in particular because I had pulled out an old family video, you know, back in the day when we had the big, <laughs> big <laughs> the big camcorder. Cameras. I don't know. I tried every camera there was. I was a you know, I was kind of a uh, geek when it came to you know gadgets. So I I, I tried out every little, thing, but I had I had very little film left. You know, I, I can't. Half the things I have filmed on, you can't find anything to play it on. You know sure. I mean? <laughs> yes, I get that. Yes, totally. But what I did find uh, was just us playing around, me with the kids, and just a couple times, just flat out lashing out one of my kids. You know, just yeah. And I was so embarrassed watching that because at the time I think I thought I was handling things, mm-hmm. but the truth was, you know. And so I, I had to go. I went back to my grown child and said i watched this and i just i'm so sorry because yeah. you know, i never had that into and i think they just woke me up to just how important the moments are mm-hmm. yeah know? for sure and obviously you're not alone in that <laughs> you yeah. know that yeah i think we i think but, we all i think the reason i say is because i think we all relate yeah, to it to some degree. for sure but i think we just if we were just more aware of those moments uh, yeah yeah but even yes yeah, those mom- thinking of those moments is super important. But even just going back to the fact, Darren, that you were willing to say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that's a big thing that I've read about in my study of family discipleship, that there's just such value in having that humble heart. Mm. Um, one great quote from this book, let's see if I can think of it off the top of my head, but it's something like, kids don't need perfect parents, which by the way, we obviously know isn't possible anyway, but kids don't need a perfect parents. They need to see their very imperfect parents following a perfect God. Mm, And I'm like, you know, anytime my parent, my kids have ever said anything along those lines, I'm like, guys, I've never claimed to be perfect. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't have all this figured out, but they need to see us humbly going to God, humbly coming to them and saying, I messed up because we want them to grow up to be people who can say, I messed up. I'm sorry, please forgive me, you know, and mean it. So anyway, um, yes. So good. I used to say it some similar for years to some parents because I learned it the hard way. Yeah. But something similar, I would say we don't really, uh, we're not, our goal as parents isn't to be perfect. Our goal is to, is to show grace mm-hmm. and to live in grace. That's right. Because that's what they're going to have to, they're going to have to learn grace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, receiving it and giving it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for sure. More than perfection. No, so in the end, you know, I appreciate you being here and just talking about this. A kind of a final word. Let's, you know, let's, we're speaking to parents right now, parents that are listening, that are here at New Hope. Uh, what is kind of like, if you can kind of sum up, uh, if you don't mind, in some sort of way, what your, you know, your big goal is or your big wish mm-hmm. is for our parents at New Hope? Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, Darren, there's so many things. I know. I'm just, I'm going <laughs> to go with this theme of family discipleship, okay? Because, I mean, there's lots and lots of things, but I know I keep using this word. Sure. But in this whole umbrella of family discipleship, I think I want parents to know they're not always going to get it all right. Mm. You know, you and I are perfect examples of people who've parented for many years, 20 plus, maybe you 30 plus, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, don't don't remind me how old I am, Chris. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm not too far behind you, but anyway. And we've had some good talks because yeah. we, yeah, we, yeah, we relate. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. Ryan and I have come even to lived you in the same house, and our kids lived in the same bedrooms. So it's kind of weird. Not at the same time. No, same time. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should be. We, <laughs> Sure, clarify that. Our, that's right. Our family lives in Darren's family's old house, which I always tell people that anybody from the church, I'm like, do you know we live in Darren's old house? I know it's, it's so weird because we were there a lot shorter time than you were. I mean, you've been there longer. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's good. But I was going to say, you know, Ryan and I have come to you and Charlotte, and I think that it's so important for parents to not feel alone. Yeah. I think it's important for them to find people in that season ahead of them to, um, you know, just consult with, get encouragement from, not be afraid to say, holy cow, I've blown it. I mean, Ryan and I have come to you guys, and I know Ryan wouldn't mind me saying this. Ryan's come to you just as a dad to a dad. I mean, sure. you know, man, we all need help. I mean, yeah. I, I seek out um, advisement from other people, mentorship all the time, and just wise, wise counsel. I always call it wise counsel. Like, I think we need some wise counsel on this. But anyway, so for parents, just some encouragement that you're not alone. You're not always going to get it right. Um but going back to that idea of just like keep pointing your kids to Jesus, you know, this book, like I said, it has some formal things like in it if you want to embrace that. And I think that that's great. Like it talks about how if families can get in habits of worshiping together and reading scripture together and, and doing devotions together, I think that that's awesome. That's great. Having, yeah. but let me say, having said that, I've talked to many people on staff who said, you know what, a formal plan didn't work for us, but we wanted to just be quick to make it part of our everyday life. So, you know, did we, you know, read the Bible? Of course we did some together as a family, but did we just try to talk about Jesus? Like try to make it normal to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Um, so don't think you've got it all figured out. Don't feel bad when you don't go to other people for help. Um, I just want to encourage parents like you've got this. It's not easy. I mean, my kids are from 12 to 23 and it's still not easy. Like it really is not. And everybody's home from college this summer. So we're going to be a pretty hopping household. <laughs> like I just feel like there's just <laughs> stuff going on all the time and I'm not always going to get it right. But um, just keep drawing close to Jesus, um, looking to other people to help you when you have questions and um don't take that responsibility lightly of discipling your kids. And I guess also just don't feel like, don't let the enemy tell you you're not qualified to do that. Mm. You know, just mm, keep taking yeah. your own baby steps and don't yeah. feel like you have to have it all figured out before you can even start in talking to your kids. So there's a lot of things we would have done differently, um, you know, through the years. I know of a family who on Sundays, they have kind of a mandatory, like, quiet time where everybody does have an opportunity to go and read and then they come back and share. And I know families who do read the Bible and discuss it after dinner. And those would have been some really cool things that sadly we didn't do those specific tactics. I probably would if I had to do it all over again with my big kids, but we can't beat ourselves up because that's from the enemy. We just have to keep doing mm. the best we can, right? Exactly. Just keep doing the best you can yeah. and just keep drawing close to Jesus and he'll help, he'll help us. Um, he'll help us figure it out. Yeah, love, love is a decision, you know, and mm -hmm. and uh, it's the same true with not only our uh, spouse relationships, but you know, loving our and loving our kids as well. Right. Hey, thank thank you so much for being on here. Yeah, really it was, good stuff. It was fun. Hey, before our next uh, episode, we got something kind of interesting coming up. We're going to be actually changing the format just a little bit. My uh, wife Charlotte is going to be actually co-hosting with me a little bit, so we're going to be. Uh, 
doing some introduction things to the podcast and continuing these incredible interviews that we've been having. So stay tuned. We will be back in two weeks.